Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's prominent media. We'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Experts Podcast. My name's Nick Hayes. Hi, I'm Carmen. Hello, Carmen Braidwood. Good <laughs> to have you here. Hey, uh, it was a little while ago, it was just last year, we had Nadia Mitsopoulos, who is the morning presenter on the ABC here in Perth. And a lovely lady. Oh. I like her. Pretty good job she did. She did a very good job on uh, on the Experts podcast, but we thought, oh, we're going to bring in her boss. We're going to bring in the big one. We're going to bring in Sarah Knight from the ABC here in Perth. Sarah, welcome to the Experts podcast. I'm very happy to be here. Good to have you. Look, um, so many questions for you, Sarah, because I think um, you, you'll, well, I suppose from an Experts and uh, from an Experts podcast perspective, we've talked to a lot of commercial, a lot of uh, media, print, radio and television. How has that been bringing radio to life here in Perth? Well, I've been in radio for a very long time. So I started 33 years ago. So it kind of feels like an evolution for my personal career. Uh, Bringing radio to, uh, to Perth. What I love about it is the fact that you can talk to anyone Um, that we have such a diverse and amazing city, that there are so many great things happening here, uh, that the people who live here are the most generous in Australia. And if you only have to look at our WA Gives campaign that we ran around Christmas time last year. Yep. We raised more money in Perth than the rest of the ABC. Wow. Like, no other city came close. I think uh, we were at least $100,000 more than anyone else. And we just had Telethon. Yeah. And we raised millions for Telethon, right? Perth? Yeah. Perth people are amazing. That is pretty cool, isn't That is it? pretty cool. Is, it, is that the Perth people or is it your staff, the ABC staff here in Perth under your watch? Well, maybe it's a bit of a <laughs> I don't know to say it. But I, I, do th- I, I, I sincerely believe that our listeners are the most generous ever. I mean... We had 7,000 books dropped off for our Brecky Book Bank last year, for example. People just want to give. They want to be part of this community and and we want to be part of it too. Nice. Now, Nick, can I say that I really echo your enthusiasm and excitement for interviewing Sarah today, mainly because the whole time I worked at 6PR, my mother-in-law thought I worked at the ABC. (laughs) So finally, she will be able to say, my daughter-in-law speaks with the lady on the ABC or from the ABC. At the very least. Sarah, Perth people, you have to understand them to make radio for them, as well as being generous. What else are Perth people like? Demanding. Are we? Yes. How? I think um, I think every presenter on our station would say that they are very exacting. If you don't say your T's, if you if you <laughs> mispronounce <laughs> a word. God. Yep. Uh, you will know on text, yeah. unless the text line is down, in which case we all get a little holiday from that. But people mm. will let you know what they like, what they don't like, what yeah. music they like, you know, what they think of your music taste, what they think of you. It's brutal. They can sniff out a fake, can't they? Absolutely. But that's radio, don't mm. you think? I think more than any other medium, radio speaks directly to the person. I mean, you'll find this with your podcast. 
you're in there, yeah, it's one-on-one. It's not one to the masses. I love that. I think it's – and it's a personal relationship. And I think that, you know, whether you listen to the ABC or if you listen to commercial radio, very rarely does the dial change because they're on from breakfast – right through to the end of the day, uh, the listeners that are, are loyal to that particular band. Is that still the case today, Sarah? I would say it's less true. Less true? Less true. Perhaps the older you are, the more true it is. Right. Mm. But I think there's so much choice these days. Sure. And people are really busy. And they have a lot of demands on their time. Yep. And they're not you, – you're multitasking everything. And you're not just watching TV. You're watching TV with your screen. Sure. Um. So you're missing half the dialogue. So mm. <laughs> unless you're watching SBS and subtitles, you really, yeah. really, really have to. You can multitask, and the same with radio. We are, you know, we're sitting. We might be listening to the radio, but we're scrolling our news feeds, and we're um, maybe doing our emails on the way to work on the train. You're not just doing one thing these days. So how's that changed the way you program? Uh, well, there's. We've still got to. We've still got to cater for the linear audience who want to be there at the start. Mm-hmm. But I think it means that we have to think digitally as well. We have to think about how are we going to have our content um, available for people in various sources. You'll see more and more on our uh, Facebook site, on our website, that we are segmenting parts of the program. I mean, 6PR do it as well. Mm. Um, and I think we're going to come to the, the point where we have an on-demand service where you jump in your car and you say, I want this news and then I want these kind of stories and you kind of self-program your own radio station. I mean, it happens with Spotify music. Mm. It will happen, is happening with uh, the spoken word as well. I think that you're right. I think that's where it is heading. And, and that actually scares me a little. And it scares me a little because it's uh, when you're designing uh, the news that you want to have, you're not getting that full picture and that full opportunity. Mm. I think that... You know, it might be the news that you want, but it might not necessarily be the news that you need. Uh, I think you need to hear the whole thing. And I I think that's what I like about um, the traditional sort of approach to listening from start to finish is that you've got a a very broad selection of news and presenters and opinions, positions and views. It's it's a lot more powerful than just sort of going, you know what, I only like Nadia, but once uh, sort of Nadia's off, I'm going to head over to, to Millsy or whatever it might be. It's... You've got choice, but sometimes I think that choice is you, you need to have to hear it all. Yeah. Oh, look, I, I agree. I think the thing that's missing with on-demand content is companionship, actually. Mm. And that's what linear radio will give you. You get to know the people. Um, I, I mean, I still have people who ask me about my kids 20 years after I've been yeah. on the radio. People just, they know you as a person. Yeah. And they still want to connect with you. And and they do connect with you. Yeah. And that's what I think, uh, why I think linear radio will still stay because people are looking for that companionship, Completely especially agree. late at night. Yeah, oh, <laughs> late at night, exactly. You know, those people who can't sleep and they've got their radio on yeah. to keep them company. People will often come on this podcast, Sarah, and point out to us that their appearance on radio blew them away because of the feedback they got on it compared yes. to an appearance on TV. The, the listenership that is there on radio is, is very, very dedicated, isn't it? Absolutely. And Speaking of multitasking, as we were before, you can have the radio on in the background all day. Sure. 
And then just tune in when you want to. I was discussing, I, I used to be in the media monitoring industry and we'd have ABC on one side, uh, <laughs> 6PR on the other side, and it was just like you could take in it all and you're looking out for keywords and things yeah. like that, but it was like, wow, you just take it all in. That's and what we did as producers too, yeah. listen to everything. Absolutely. Yeah. And then there's a little gap and you go, you'll lean in because what, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> do you that. listen to the other side? Yes, of course. Of course we it, it, We all do. Of course you do. This is... This is the thing that is out there. They go, oh, no, we don't listen to it. We don't play by those rules. But it is comp- competitive, isn't it? It is competitive. And you want to know what the other uh, other radio stations are doing and you listening out for talent as well. Yeah. Mm. It's one of those – it's the nature of it. It's like anything. I think if, if you're in business, you're doing exactly the same thing. You're paying attention and you're listening around or watching what other people are doing in terms of their content creation these days. Every single business is a content maker. In, in radio, now that – I mean, ABC has always been um, a multimedia entity. Are your radio presenters being asked to do more stuff on camera or, or work on social media content? Is there a lot more broad the, the scope of what they do? That's what I would say is one of the biggest changes over the last 33 years. We're no longer just radio producers or just news journalists for, for radio news. You have to do everything. My producers have to think digitally and they have to think about their linear program. So obviously the program comes first, but in their um, editorial meetings they'll be thinking, okay, which which interview do we think is going to resonate with our audiences online? Which one are we going to suggest that we, we segment up? Which one are we perhaps going to write up as a, uh, as a news feature? Mm-hmm. Um, would cameras work here? Do we need to get photos? Could we have the video on and take a snippet of that? Yeah, I mean, and that is reality, and and will be more so. And how do you decide? You know, out of a whole lineup, which is usually the most important story, the one that you're going to turn into that feature elsewhere. Sometimes it's to do with timeliness. Like, is that story going to last long time? Because everything online lasts forever, as we know, especially those who got you know incriminating things yes. online <laughs> never no, go I, away I, I wiped all those i got all those wiped <laughs> sure you did um, <laughs> um, so timeliness is important um, sometimes it's about the talent if they're fantastic talent you know people are g- going to want to listen back they'll be talking about it with their friends oh did you hear this person you've mm. got to go and listen back so you want to have those ones online sometimes it's about what happens on air so you can't tell that beforehand obviously mm. um Something might happen, um, the Wally Foreman snorkel moment, you know, that people are still talking about 20 years later, those sort of snippets of gold. Um, sometimes it's about the audience reaction. So you don't really, you may be thinking, oh, I think this will resonate and then you'll just get blown away by the numbers of texts or calls yep. and you think, right, well, this is definitely going to need to be put online because people are talking about it, it's really connected with them. And I, 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 for both of you who have you know done commercial and non-commercial radio, uh, you, sometimes the formula for what is a successful story just doesn't quite mm. – there's no, no actual algorithm – to, to, to this. I'm, I'm fascinated by it because as a, someone from the monitoring industry that I used to be in, listening to it going, how is this radio and how why are people so interested in this particular topic? Let's <laughs> use it, cyclists. Anytime you mention cyclists, yeah. it's it's a to- topic. Anytime you mention... Um, daylight saving. Daylight saving or religious holidays, it's it's 
everyone's in for it. Or in the case of, you know, mispronouncing words, which, mm. you know, they'll pick People it up. People love a linguist. They yeah. love a linguist. Th- that is it. What is it about the linguist? It's just have to get it absolutely right. People like to be right, I think. Yeah. And yeah. they want someone to tell them they're right. Yes. And then they want to tell all their friends and family that yeah. they were right. Yes. Or maybe the chance that they get on radio and they get to be heard by their friends and family being right. That's pretty big too. Sarah, 33 years in media. What's been the biggest changes that have happened in that time, particularly in the sort of the news delivery uh, side? What, what, have your, what have your observations been? Uh, well, I could talk technology when I started. Reel-to-reel uh, recorders were like with tapes. And Chinagraph <laughs> pencils. Yes, yeah. and um, one-sided razor blades to cut the tape. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really did cut and paste. Yes, um, and splice. You genuinely splice together and that's where those expressions come from in the, in the electronic editor that you're using. Absolutely. And the funny thing is that <laughs> we weren't actually allowed to do that because mm-hmm. uh, re- I was in the regions. Yeah. We only had a limited tape supply so we just had to do um, rolling... Rolling edits, which was a skill all oh, on its wow. own. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yes, it's changed a lot. Typewriters, no computers at all. Uh, the weather came in on telex. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when fax machines first were a thing yeah. and we saw handwritten things come through on the fax and how amazing that was. Yes. Uh, mobile phones are a game changer. Uh, because now we can take our mobile phone out with us. We can, we can record a mm. news you know, we could do something for TV news on our mobile phones. We're walking news services now. Absolutely. Yeah. And anyone can make news. That's it. So it, it's just a game changer. And social media makes a big difference as well. But I think the biggest thing in terms of, we've touched on it before, is that you are not just a radio producer. You are producing radio. You're producing social media content, digital content, potentially videos. Sarah, I had a little look around at some of the the digital products that the ABC makes these days and to me the language feels a lot more colloquial and friendly than it has ever been. Has that been a, conserv- a concerted effort or do you think it's always been like that for the ABC? Well, we haven't done a lot of text, you know, previous, mm. previous to digi- the digital world. And I think online is different to, say, a newspaper style mm. as well. And even when you go on to some of the news services, you'll notice that the the language they use on their online copy is different. It's cleaner. Yes. It's a bit more friendlier than it is if you look at their print copy. Mm. And that's because of the audience. When you're scrolling, you want to have your sentences, you know, one sentence long, right? Mm. Um, it's kind of – it's interesting, online stuff. I reckon it's in between – Print and radio. Radio is super conversational. Mm. Print, very um, conservative and um, structured. And online's in between. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it, absolutely. It's about finding the voice for the audience and where they're at right there and then. But you're right. I mean, they use the word you a lot more in an uh, online piece than they might in the newspaper. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Sarah, this one might be a bit tougher. You, you lost a good friend of the station last year in Russell Wolf. Um, a total shock, I think, to everyone because one minute, one day he's there, one day he's not. I think even, and I, I don't want to you know, make fun of this, but I thought a lot of people thought that he just slept in or might have had mm. too many vinos the night before and just didn't quite, didn't get there. But how was that for the station? How is that personally for you dealing and working with Russell's passing? Oh, I think it was one of the hardest days I've had there. Um I found out that he hadn't 
or wasn't showing up for work at about uh, 20 to 5, I guess, the producer rang me and said that the um, his sister-in-law had rung the station, said wasn't coming in today. And I thought, oh, that's a bit, that's odd. Mm. Um, anyway, Nadia was there, so she jumped on air. What a trooper she is. Mm. Um, but we really didn't know anything. We'd, I kind of thought it was a rainy day. I thought maybe he's come off his scooter on the way to work or something like that. And, you know, Kylie's taken him to the hospital and... You know, your mind just goes into funny places. But I absolutely was not prepared for his nephew ringing me at about 10 past seven to tell me that he died. That Mm. was, it was just so surreal and unbelievable. Like, as you say, he was there the day before. Mm. Um, So, yeah, um, in terms of how we handled it then, then it was about, well, how do you want us to break the news to the audience and when do you want us to do it? And we were led by the family. They wanted Jeff to say it. So I had to make a call. Do I let breakfast know? And I made the call not to let them know until after the program, telling Nadia and Brad and um, Maggie about Russell is a moment I never want to relive. It was horrible. Um, But I am so proud of our team, the way they rallied together and supported each other. We had people that were on maternity leave who had left the ABC years before but had worked with Russell, come back in to help um, to get those pieces of audio that were just so rough that we could all share with the audience. And what a privilege it was for us to be able to um, celebrate his life with our audience, to grieve with our audience. I mean, you just don't get that opportunity in in normal life. (sighs) The whole city felt it. It was... It was so hard and, and I'd only really met uh, Russell a few times, mm. a handful of times, but I was, you know, like any West Australian, really intimately knowledgeable of who he was as a man, not the least of which because of those wonderful weather reports on the TV <laughs> news, his scruffy appearance, his, his lovableness and, and the, the chatter around the community that if you saw him on the bus after a footy game, he'd probably give you a cuddle, you know, things like that about this guy were so apparent and actually I went and recorded a podcast the same day and I remember it took me right back to when we lost Shane McFarlane in, yeah. uh, and, and again a breakfast presenter not showing up to work and as everyone heard about it and I just felt for you guys so much. I remember getting that podcast and being in already a very emotional state and the, the, the producer, the presenter asked me about something from my life that was emotional and I, I near on broke down because it, I just felt it. Yeah. It was, it's it's a hard gig doing breakfast radio and I know that it was really hard on Shane McFarlane. I think it played into, you know, his life and, you know, it got me thinking about, you know, where Russell might have been with the breakfast gig. Did he love breakfast radio? He loved breakfast. He loved the audience. I think he did love breakfast audience. I think he did love breakfast, but I do not think he was a morning person. Yeah. <laughs> and that's okay, isn't it? You, you can love the shift, you can love the people, but it's brutal what it does to your it body. It is brutal. Like comparing him to Camo, Camo loved the early hours. Like yeah. Even when he was on holidays, he would get up at a stupid early hour. Yeah. So, yeah, he was not a morning person. I just Bless want, him. Yeah, uh, look, I, I only knew him 
uh, I met him a couple of times and I was very keen to get him to one of our Meet the Media events because he, he's just a, a character that... Oh, such a showman. Such a mm. showman, but he just transcends everything and, and really is a big part of it. And, and when he did rock up, I, this is going back many, many years ago, Sarah, but um, we had, it's not a black tie event, but it was a fairly formal event. <laughs> Rusty rolls up in board shorts and, and a shirt. I think he had a collar on. Thongs. It. Yeah, he's, he definitely had his thongs on, but that for him was formal, which was fantastic. But can I just... I just want to compliment both you and and Jeff as well, particularly, mm. just for the way that he handled that day and the way that he brought your whole family together. And when I say family, the ABC family, but a lot more became part of that family that day because I think we all were in shock and just listening. But it was such beautiful radio, and it was and it was all about Rusty as well. So it was you just did an amazing job on it. And I think you handled it better than what could have possibly, for, under those mm. circumstances, it was just incredible and hats off to you. Um, you just mentioned Camo before too, another very big character in, in radio and, and to lose him as well. I mean, we've, we've lost some, some big, big names at the ABC. Oh, gosh, I remember that day. That was, I was actually down at the, um, the Wacker with James Lush. We'd done the CEO sleep out. Oh, yep, yep. And we were doing an outside broadcast the next morning. So it was the next morning and we'd slept on cardboard all night. And I got a call about six o'clock, I think from, must have been Andrew Collins down in Albany. He'd had this weird phone call. And, um, and that, again, it was another one of those days where we grieved with the audience. Hmm. And... Um, yeah, he was he was larger than life, and he really was a morning person. <laughs> and his ratings were very, they very were morning. Phenomenal. They yeah. were very breakfast. They yeah. were, and I, 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 as part of a media monitoring, we you try to analyse what is the difference and uniqueness about mm. each of the presenters. And when it came to Ian Cameron, it was just Ian Cameron. He was the X factor. He was the he's the quirkiest guy going around, but just. He, his audience loved him and adored him for it. Yeah, even his awful music. I mean, he even, <laughs> he even called it atrocious. Mm. Like, there was no secret there. It was terrible. But, yeah. Um, yeah, somehow those earworms just got stuck in your ear. Look, he wasn't the easiest person. Like, mm. I, I wouldn't say he was easy, but um, certainly didn't like management very much. Um, and I can remember riding my bike to work one day, listening to him talking about cyclists going, oh, my goodness, I'm going to get so many complaints about this. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But those personalities very often are the ones that yeah. the station must keep on. You know, mm. you, you can have somebody around the station who's a nightmare to deal with. You know, we've all heard horror stories about various people over the years. Oh, come on, everyone in media, they're all darlings. No. There's nothing – no, there's no ego-driven uh, problems in, in media, is well, there? There's got to be a trade-off. I think that there's been many times that businesses have had to decide, well, which is the lesser of two evils, working with this person or copying the backlash if we don't have them on air anymore. Is that is that still going on? I mean, I've been out of it a little while now. Is that still being tolerated in the hallways? I I have a – I said, was it Justin Langer at the no – do I say this word on the podcast? You're on a podcast. You can say, you can say, say whatever you like. Can, mm. can't yeah, you, it's you digital. can. Yeah. No dickhead policy? Yeah. 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 Oh, God, you can say a lot worse than that, Sarah. Oh, no, I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> I'm a nice girl from the ABC. <laughs> um, no. Uh, oh, look, I think, I think we do have a duty of care to people and we do have to think about that. Yeah. Seriously think about the impact that people's behaviour has on staff. 
I'm very happy to say that there's no one on staff at the moment at ABC Radio Perth that I would put into that category. Good to hear, Ben Cameron. I know you're listening. Um, <laughs> oh, Benny, darling. Little, no, Benny's my favourite. He's a too. nice person. I can't imagine him being hard to work with. You've been on air. You manage the ABC. Which do you prefer? Oh, being on air doesn't yeah. everyone? Is, is there a? Ch- are you going to come back to that, or is it? Oh. What's your what's your what's your future looking like? I don't know. Don't know whether I'd go back to it. I, but I do miss. I miss the talk back. Yeah. And you know, I think linear radio will continue just because there's a whole bunch of people like me that just are addicted to it. It's like a drug. You never know what's going to happen. But yeah. Ra- but radio radio's numbers increase. Each year they increase, and this is the thing: is that you, you look at what's happened with print media, what's happening with television, and all the competition that's on there. And not that radio doesn't have its competition, but the numbers are always increasing for radio. And I think it is because it's live, because it's real, it's there, and you can do other things while you're listening. The reach has increased. Time spent listening has not increased. Okay, so, so people are listening not quite as long. So does that put more pressure on as a manager then to make it longer or to provide programs that are going to keep people listening longer? Well, it's a balancing act. You go for reach, you're going to lose time spent listening because you're going to have new people coming in sampling your shows, right? So they're not going to listen as long. Um, But, yes, everything to do with the craft of radio, you just have to be on top of. So you really want to get people to that next quarter hour, to the next quarter hour. Compelling content is the key. Compelling announcers who make you want to listen, who are your companions, mm. that you can't start your day without. That's what you're looking for on radio. Yeah. It's that one percenter, isn't it? The X factor like you're talking about. There have been shows on radio in Perth where you felt that if you didn't listen, you wouldn't be able to fit in with what your friends were talking about once you got to work. Mm. So you had to be across it. Otherwise, you're catching up. But there's a whole swathe of people in Perth who I don't think access radio as much as they could in terms of telling their stories but also um, just listening for other stories. Um, I don't think radio has been that inclusive for a lot of communities in Perth and that's where we have to head in Mm. the future if we want to keep those numbers going up. Great point. And the ABC has done a big job in this with diversity, um, calling for more female experts and commentators in there. We've seen that. Fantastic stuff. Um, uh, With radio, uh, where where are you seeing this? Where where can this go? I mean, as far as uh, looking not too much into the, the crystal ball, but looking about, you know, where are we going five years? It's been such an important part of during this pandemic period for getting news, for getting the right information, and social media has definitely made it uh, difficult for itself in, in that the information isn't always Accurate. what it appears mm. to be. Uh, where do you see radio going in the next five years? Mm. Well, I do see that we're going to see this... Um, fragmentation and we're going to see more digital stuff and we're going to see more on-demand stuff. I do think people are going to start going back to um, trusted sources of news because you need to have some reference point. Mm. Um, So I do think that we will see people turning back to more traditional forms just for that, you know, check-in, really, just to check-in, make sure what they're hearing, what they're seeing elsewhere is backed up. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, breakfast. You've got a new breakfast presenter in Tom Badley. Yes. That was uh, – everyone was waiting 
thinking, who was it going to be? There was lots of specula- speculation, wasn't there, you in gotta the paper? Lo- you got to love speculation because it's it's free PR, isn't it's it? Buzz. Um, how's he gone? How's he kicked off? I think he's gone pretty well. Yep. I like. He hasn't been uh, on radio for a long time, and first week I thought was excellent. I'm really stoked. No, he's it, and he's because he, he did spend a lot of time in television. And yes. he's been around in the radio game as well, but ten years off. And did what, did you approach him, or did he apply? What? How did that all play out? So we were at a meeting for Wolfstock. You know the the concert we had quite recently, where we played yacht rock tunes for for Wolfie. Sounds great. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I was just shooting the piece in the mouth, and I said, "Oh, you know, what are you doing at the mm. moment? How how are you going where you're working?" Any any thoughts of a change? And so we just had a bit of a chat and then um, he said he was interested and so we did some pilots and um, put him in the mix. And how much have you changed the format for the new presenter or are you sticking with the existing format and just letting the show roll on as it always has simply with a new host? We've moved a few of the regulars back a little bit. Um, it has to be Tom's show. Yeah. Just like it had to be Camo's show and Russell's show, Peter Bell's show, um, it has to be um, something that they can attach themselves to. We've moved Nadia back to closer to eight o'clock. Um, we've got Ross Solly back, uh, so just one day a week on Tuesdays for Tuesday mm-hmm. Sport or whatever they talk about. Because he comes out of Hong Kong somewhere, doesn't he? Where, He's it? back in Sydney. He's back in Sydney. Yes, right. right. Yeah, his wife's just picked up a post with um, the ABC doing a podcast. And so, yeah, back in Sydney. Amazing, amazing. Um, great stuff, Sarah. I mean, it's really great to get some insight into sort of what's going on behind the scenes uh, at our national broadcaster. And I think um, what I get from this is that it's it's more than just a national broadcaster. It's the local radio. Local's everything for, for the ABC, isn't it? I mean, it's part of your brand. What, what is it? What do you see? Uh, I mean, the, the traditional listener of the ABC, who, who is that? Because... Uh, is it? Do you have a persona? Do you actually have a an identity of the person that's actually they marketing? Listening? Do they marketing have one? Yeah. <laughs> marketing always has one. <laughs> They've got an avatar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, do we have a persona? I think the ABC listener is um, anyone who wants to connect with their city. Yep. Basically, we're here in Perth. We want to cover Perth stories. We want to tell Perth stories to a wider audience around Australia. We want to celebrate with you, um, strengthen our community by being a part of the community. And that's why we have stations all over the country, right throughout the regions. We can do statewide and uh, local programs specific to a WA audience and champion WA because... Hell, the rest of the country ain't going to do it for us. No. I mean, they're not big fans right now, to no. be honest. They're not big fans, but you know what? You know, and it's good that the conversation is free and we can actually have those conversations and, and listening to the different perspectives from different stations as well and people's different views. It's, it's the beauty of living in a country and a state like this is that we can do that. Um, I'd be a little afraid if we couldn't. And uh, you give us the opportunity to do it. Yeah. It's our 90th birthday too, so we've been that. doing it a long time. Nin- Happy birthday, nin- ABC Radio. 90th birthday, my God. Well, there you go. We're, we're, what's the celebrations? What are we doing? I think we're doing all year celebrations. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you should. Yeah, mm. just building up for the 100th. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's another, only another 10 years away. God, I, I, hope I hope the Experts podcast is still going that long, Carmen. Oh, uh, Sarah, appreciate you coming in today to, to have a chat to us. One last question. I'm going to put you on the spot. Am I going to get Tom Badley to meet the media or have we... We don't get permission. 
<laughs> I think he will, but you might have to give him a couple of months in the job first. All right, all right. We'll, we might get him down for a second season. Okay, that's good. Um, Sarah, appreciate you coming in. Really good chat. Carmen, another good one. Uh, Absolutely. Thank you, Sarah. Appreciate and, it. And, you know, from one FM lady to to the ABC lady. That's right. You have never met each other before. It was huge insight for me. Honestly, my entire career has been commercial anything, really, FM, AM or television. So it was a really good chat. I think you're even selling the, the shoes that you have on right now. You'd probably be selling them on the <laughs> on the podcast. But uh, no, well done. What did Michael Genevieve say? She could sell ice to Eskimos? Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening in. That's another Experts. If you are keen uh, to, to get in contact with the program, jump on all our social media and uh, we'll catch you next week when we talk to another media or another expert. You've been listening to the Experts Podcast, powered by Media Stable. If you'd like to get in contact with the team, head to mediastable.com.au.